0: Hey, welcome to this week's podcast. This is Mama Jane. We're going to talk about how ovulation is the main event of our cycle and that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our spiritual life. So come on into the podcast and you will hear all kinds of great stuff. See you in there. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I am Mama Jane, and I am just so happy to be here with you. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you just really how humble and grateful I am for you listening to this podcast and how God is using this tool for your own benefit and your own holiness. One of the blessings that I've received because of this podcast so far is the good fortune to catch up with a client to share this podcast. She was so excited to listen to it, and she had some good news of her own. She shared with me that she was pregnant. Now, I need to tell you a little bit of backstory on this client, and she's given me permission to share with you. Her mother referred her to me after she'd had her third miscarriage. When I met her, she told me her story, that she and her husband had gotten pregnant in high school and gotten married and had that baby. Now, I don't remember all of the details, but I do remember that by the time she came and saw me, she'd had three miscarriages. When we first met, I had also learned that there were some complications through her using contraception, and so she would had to have a medical procedure and have one of her fallopian tubes cut and tied. And that meant that although she was ovulating every month, the likelihood of her conceiving was very slim, and with three miscarriages in her history, being able to carry a child to term would also seem that it might be difficult. And so I told her what I tell every infertile couple that comes to me. I will never guarantee you a baby. That's God's job. My job is to teach you how to discern when you're fertile and when you're not fertile and to teach you the rules to optimize those phases. Because my own history of infertility, I find that sometimes just having another woman who knows this cross can bring comfort. So I tell my infertile couples that I am your Simon of Cyrene, willing to carry that cross with you. This couple was just such a joy to work with. They were so open to God's holy will. They listened, they practiced, and most of all, they worked together as a team by praying and charting and following the rules to achieve pregnancy. And so after a few months, she told me she was actually pregnant. And that was just so amazing. And then since she lived in a city that is far away from us, about five hours away. When she found out that she was pregnant, she drove all the way to the pregnancy center that I was working with so that she could confirm her pregnancy and get an ultrasound. And then we referred her to an OBGYN who monitored her closely. And she was able to grow that baby and give that baby birth. And she's just such a beautiful mother. And now she's pregnant again, all glory to God, If you remember nothing else today, please remember that every single child conceived is a miracle and loved by God. No matter how it was conceived, no matter how long it lives, no matter how the birth experience is, every child is a gift from God. And I just celebrate that with every woman that gets pregnant. We're all called to be adopted sons and daughters of God. And it's through baptism that we die and rise again in Christ to live new life. And so as children of God, we're also called to be co-creators with God, and women have a special role in creation. If you go back and read the Catechism story, you'll notice that as God creates the whole universe, he ends with the pinnacle of creation with a woman. And the first words that comes out of Adam's mouth are, This one, at last, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one has been taken. That's from Genesis 2.23. A woman's mission is to receive and give life. We are life bearers. To give birth is sacred and a holy act. It's one of our superpowers. And this superpower is connected with another superpower, which we're going to focus on today, our ovulation. Remember, I spoke to you first about having four different phases in the cycle. And then I told you that without ovulation, there's no menstruation. Ovulation is the main event of the cycle. So let's take a moment and review the four phases of the cycle. The first phase is menstruation. The next is basic infertile pattern, the BIP, the unchanging pattern. Then there's the ovulation. And then there's the luteal phase. Okay, so now we're going to get into a little detail. So if you do have small children, you may want to listen to this through earbuds or separately because I will get graphic and specific Remember, all of this information that I'm giving you is good and holy and true, but not all information needs to be exposed to everyone at the same time. So I want to remind you that our bodies are sacred, and my intention is always to keep the conversation sacred as well. So last week we discussed the BIP, the basic infertile pattern. It's the unchanging pattern, either a dry symbol because there's nothing felt or nothing seen. Or a sticky symbol because there's either a sticky discharge felt or perhaps there's an appearance of a cloudy or a white discharge. Remember, it's unchanging, boring, same pattern. But now we move into the fertile phase. Something happens. Something is different. Remember, I told you to ask the simple question throughout your day, is this sensation the same or is it different? During the BIP, you will continually answer, no, it's the same. It was the same as this morning. It's the same in this evening. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. But now it's different. So what's happening that is causing this difference? Well, internally, our estrogen is beginning to rise. And therefore, there is some kind of ovarian activity. Follicles are beginning to develop. And so we say this is a changing, developing pattern. So it begins with a sensation of moist. This is actually physiologically the mucus plug beginning to disintegrate. It feels humid. Fresca is the word that many of my Hispanic clients use. It almost feels like sweat. But remember, our sweat glands are outside of our panties. So this is on the inside. I've had many clients appreciate this knowledge They've had this sensation, but they never really knew what that was or why it happened or even who to talk to. This is why I'm doing this podcast, is to teach women their right and their signs of their body. And unfortunately, these women who didn't know, they had thoughts that they were abnormal or they feel weird about their bodies. But ladies, listen to me. Your body is simply giving you signs, and now you're beginning to understand those signs. So I told you, this phase is a changing, developing pattern. So it begins with a moist sensation. Again, it's that mucus plug disintegrating, and then it begins to progress to a wet sensation. Now, how would you define the difference between a moist sensation and a wet sensation? Well, when I give my classes in person or even online, I describe it as taking a sponge and running it underwater water and then squeezing that sponge out until all of the water's gone. But if you felt the sponge, it would still feel moist. There's no extra water in it, but it's not dry or crusty. That, that's what moist feels like. And now, if you took that same sponge and ran it underwater and had it soaked through so that the sponge was so filled that it started dripping, that's the wet sensation. The cervical mucus is so filled that the sensation is wet. So that's the second part of the developing pattern. And then the next development is a slippery sensation. Some of my clients describe this as sliding or oily or gliding. In Billings ovulation, we just simply identify it as slippery. And one of the things that I love about Dr. Lynn Billings is that she taught fisherwomen in Fiji how to make these observations while they were in the Pacific Ocean fishing all day. So, I mean, clearly, ladies, let's think about this. These women's bodies were surrounded by water for six to 10 hours a day, and yet they could feel a slippery sensation at the vulva. Isn't that amazing? Our bodies are telling us signs. We just have to learn to listen. These women were so connected to their bodies and they trusted their bodies and they honored their bodies. So our fertile phase is a changing and developing from moist to wet to slippery. And then another change happens. It shifts back to dry. This is a drastic change because it's right after slippery. And since every woman is unique and every cycle is unique, we simply observe the sensations and then we can tell what is happening in our bodies. So I describe the fertile pattern in two different ways. The first way I speak about it, I use the analogy of notes of music. The notes are going up until the highest note, and then suddenly it drops. Now, you have to understand, Mama Jane is not a musician at all. I don't know how to play an instrument. I don't sing very well. So please don't ask me to lead any songs. And you can ask anyone at church that sits around me. And I don't read music, but I can tell when a note is going up. And I have raised children who are musically gifted. And so I can hear when a note is off. So when I have a chart as a fertility coach and a client brings me a chart and the observations are moist, slippery, wet, wet, slippery, moist. Well, as an instructor, I have two thoughts in my mind. The first thought is, does this client actually know the difference between all of these words or are they just simply putting down words and not really understanding the sensation? Or is there something else going on with this woman's body that it is not a changing progressive pattern so that the estrogen's not rising high enough. So, that was always my question. And personally, I like this challenge as a coach. It gives me the opportunity to slow my client down and really help her get in tune with her body. And this is where I'm so thankful that I'm also a mindset coach, as well as a fertility coach, because I can see through this charting that there are thoughts and feelings that this client is having that we need to discuss before we proceed with the actual charting. My desire as an instructor and a coach is to help my clients become the best version of themselves. Our mindset is so important, and I don't really know what my client's truly thinking about her body or about her cycle or what she's been told about both. And so this is where we get to do some deeper work. This is where I get to pause and really delve in a little bit and ask deeper questions with my client. But this is where the chart reviews are so important. A woman can think that she's charting correctly, but an instructor can correct these little discrepancies. You know, when my son comes back from his tutoring lesson, I can hear the difference in his practicing. Whatever his tutor told him, he's implementing it and he sounds better and he's more confident in his playing. And that's always my goal with my clients. I want you to be more confident with your charting. I want you to be more in tune with listening to your body and understanding these nuances between moist and wet and slippery. One of the other things I love about Dr. Lynn is that she would say, once a woman knows her peak, nobody can change her mind. Isn't that such power, such knowingness? This is the gift I want to give every woman. Knowing your own body's peak, learning to comprehend your own body's language is something every woman deserves to know. But what is peak, you may ask? Well, peak is when the estrogen literally peaks and ovulation will occur. Now, one of the things that this is where it's different, Billings ovulation method differs from other methods because we don't actually have to know the moment or the hour when ovulation actually occurs. We just need to know has peak occurred because we know that 80% of the time ovulation will occur either on peak day or the first day after peak or the second day after peak. So ovulation is the scientific name for when the ovum is actually released from the follicle releases from your ovary, it literally floats in your body, and then the fimbriae of your fallopian tube catches it, they're like little fingers, and they gather it up into the fallopian tube. So the moment the egg is released is called ovulation. But again, Billings, Dr. John, realized that peak is the indication that ovulation is occurring. And so there's three distinct characteristics to identify a peak. Think of it as a triangle. The first side is a changing, developing pattern, the second side is ending in slippery, and the bottom is an abrupt change. Without all three of these characteristics, then we cannot identify Pete. So another musical analogy that I use is that the notes are going up, are changing and developing, and the highest note needs to be slippery. And then the note drops an abrupt change going from slippery to a dry sensation. So all of these three conditions must occur to acknowledge peak. So how do we annotate this on our charts? Well, peak is the only time in our cycle that we actually look back because we need to know what the last day of slippery is. And again, because every woman is unique, every cycle is unique. You will maybe have one day of slippery, maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. You don't know. The only way you know is when that abrupt change occurs. And then you can look back and say, yesterday was the last day of that slippery. And so you mark that with an X and now you have peak. Okay, so here's another imagery that I use. Imagine the ocean. Peak is like those crashing waves that surfers ride. It slowly wells up. And then you can see the white caps and it crashes down. A changing, developing pattern, ending in slippery with an abrupt change. Boom, you have achieved peak. Now, this abrupt change is typically dry the first day and then maybe sticky the second and the third day. Even though we've identified peak, these three days after the slippery are also part of the fertile phase. Hormonally, remember the estrogen has peaked and then it drops a bit and then progesterone and estrogen begin to rise. This abrupt change is caused by the pockets of Shaw vacuuming up the slippery cervical mucus. And three days after peak are when that thick mucus plug develops and the cervix is closed. So if you're using stickers, once you've identified peak, which would be a white baby with an X on the bottom, then on the abrupt change, you're going to use a green sticker for the dry sensation, a green baby sticker, and then a yellow baby sticker if it's a sticky sensation. If you have stickers, then the green baby or the yellow baby are the only three days that you ever use those colored babies, those three days after peak, because that mucus plug is still being developed, but it's not the dry, it's not the moist, wet, or slippery sensation. And if you don't have stickers, remember, you can use symbols. The Roman numeral one symbol is for that dry sensation, and the equal sign is for a sticky sensation. And what you're going to do is you're going to add on the bottom of that one, two, and three. So if you've achieved peak, you'll have a white baby with an X, and then the next day it'll be a dry green baby or a Roman numeral with the number one. And then depending on the second or the third day, it may be dry or it may be a sticky sensation. So you'll either do a green baby or a yellow baby or a Roman numeral one or an equal sign, and then you'll write two and three. Those three days after peak are also part of the fertile sign, the fertile phase. Now, I know this all sounds very complicated, and I also know that typically people listen to podcasts while they're doing other things. I know for me, I usually listen to podcasts while I'm folding clothes or doing something else that's just not brainworthy, like washing dishes. And a lot of this information is very intense. So stick with me, please. I'm going to keep going over it. But I have had a comment from a, a listener named Joanne, and she, she mentioned to me that she really wants to see this information. She's told me it was really good information, but she was listening to the podcast on the car. So, don't worry, ladies, I have your back. I have a very simple course that explains all of this on my website. My website is called Wisdom Wellness Coaching, and the program is called Uniquely Beautifully You Mini Course. Now, I'm going to have a link in the show notes, and I'm also going to give you a special coupon code for $10 off this program. The code is podcast23. So, Look at the show notes, go to the website, get the mini course, and then you can watch the videos and see what I'm talking about, and you'll have it and you can listen to it. All right. Remember, fertile phase, changing, developing pattern, ending in slippery with an abrupt change. So let's shift to our spirituality. What is in our spiritual life that is a changing, developing pattern? Well, I'd like to propose to you that it's the mass. Now, stay with me a bit. When we look at the parts of the Mass, we first begin with the introductory rites, and then we go to the Liturgy of the Word, and after this, the Liturgy of the Eucharist with the consecration, and next we have communion rite, and finally we end with the concluding rites. Now, I will tell you that this is still an idea in my head. It's an analogy, and like all analogies, it falls short of the reality. But to me, the high point of Mass is when the priest takes the chalice and the paten with the host, and raising both says, through him, with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And then we sing the great amen. Our catechism teaches us that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of a Christian life, the peak. So again, remember, I'm not a theologian, but I have taken this idea to prayer, and I have studied about the Mass for a long time. And I would say that the great amen is the peak. The communion rite is still in that phase. We are changed. Our Lord asks us to go out and be his witnesses to the world. The Eucharist is the source and the summit. The mass changes us if we're open to the graces our good God desires to give us. It's the closest we'll ever be to our Lord here on earth. And so as I've shared with you before, you know, I was raised in a family that I would call culturally Catholic. I received all my sacraments, but I didn't know anything about the church, which is the family of God. And I didn't really even know very much about God himself, but God pursues us. And he desires to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And he did this with me when I was 12 years old. I had such a profound encounter with Christ and his merciful love. I didn't know how to express it and I didn't know how to share it, but I thirsted for God. And it wasn't until I was a young, married woman that a dear friend of mine explained to me about the Eucharist. I remember being so shocked when I learned that when we receive communion, we are receiving Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity. The deep communion that I desired was right there all along. Wow. I look back on my life and realized how many times I had received him unworthily. Now, remember when I shared with you my experience of a general confession in episode three? Well, that confession didn't actually take place until a number of years after my friend had already explained about the true presence. God takes us where we are, and if we're willing, he's going to lead us on this journey. I heard a theologian explain that in Catholic moral theology, this is called the law of gradualism. It's the notion that our relationship with God grows gradually. And so as I continued my own faith journey, I've studied more and more about the sacrifice of the Mass and the Holy Eucharist. And for me, this has become the definitive factor. The Gospel of John chapter six is a wonderful Bible study passage for you to study and pray with. It's actually the Bible chapter that I always go to when I'm sharing and witnessing to Protestants, and especially when I have Mormons come to my house. I actually have a very funny story about that. Years ago, my friend had some Mormon women come to her home and she remembered that two by two. So she invited them to come the next day and she called me and said, hey, will you come over? These Mormon ladies are coming over. And so we did. We had a beautiful time together and we had little ones my friend and i and we were nursing them and then we had lunch and so then we started talking about our faith and i just jumped into the gospel of john chapter 6 and these women didn't know what to say they they literally were like we've never heard this teaching i said well go back go back and do some studying and they never came back to talk to my friend i don't we don't know what happened to them but for me the gospel of john chapter 6 is the eucharistic chapter so I want to ask you about your own faith journey. What is your experience at Mass or receiving Holy Communion? How do you notice a spiritual change in yourself after going to Mass? Has your relationship grown with Jesus through the Eucharist? Ladies, have you ever noticed peak in your body? Are you like those fisherwomen who know peak and nobody can convince you otherwise? Or are you not familiar with it at all and you have no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> and do you need a coach? Well, go get my mini course with that special coupon so that you can learn and watch it. And remember, I'm here for you. So you can always reach out and find me on Instagram, Mama Jane 25 or on Facebook, Jane Snyder, or you can go to the website, Wisdom Wellness Coaching, and contact me. Ladies, I want you to remember that you are good, you are beautiful, and you are unique there is a God and he delights in you. So let me close with the blessing of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. Until next week, God bless you.